With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Tatiana Morales always knew that she had special gifts and she's built a following and a business by taking her unique intuition and her skill for tarot and healing and applying it to personal development. Today, I talk with the entrepreneur and Instagram star about where her intuition has led her and how she's building an empire that is bigger than any one platform. Tatiana, thank you so much for doing this. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, Would you take me back to the first moment in your life when you knew that you had these gifts? The earliest memory that I have had to be around maybe six, seven, eight years old. Very, very young. Essentially, when I first discovered playing cards or tarot in general, what I would do is I had this bad habit of just bringing toys to school, right? And one of those things would be playing cards. And I didn't grow up particularly with a family that was familiar with divination, tarot. If you go into Latino culture, we have the baraja. I wasn't raised around any of that. So I don't know where I had the antics of, oh, let me bring these cards to school and start reading kids and people. I would just make things up in my mind. The hearts would be love, the clubs would be luck, the spades would be bad luck. And literally, I'm a little boss at lunchtime negotiating, hey, you want this reading? Let me exchange for a pudding (laughs) or some chips, you know? That's my earliest memory of doing that. Now, anything actually more poignant than that would be in high school when I would read palms again during lunchtime or I would bring the cards. 
And the memory would be just them having a very impactful face because, you know, I went to a school where it was predominantly Latinos. And so I was reading, you know, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Colombians, what have you. And so within the culture, you have people that go to readers and whatnot. Like I'm Puerto Rican, but unfortunately, I wasn't raised around that growing up. I, I just didn't know it existed. So they are already inclined to go to readers and they were very shocked to hear that I was accurate. The things I was telling them was accurate, whether it's about their love life, their friends, how they're doing in school. And so they would invite their other friends from neighboring schools to get a reading with me after school. That kind of grew into some word of mouth business where they were now paying me and waiting for me after school because they knew the girl was going to give readings. Right. And so that's when it finally hit me like this whole time I was onto something because it was making me feel good or, or, or what have you. It was almost as if I was raised by it. That's when it was like, maybe I should be charging for this. So maybe I should be looking into various ways to monetize from this because I'm not even asking people for money. Now they're bringing me clients. They're bringing me people and I enjoy doing it. But there's something here. When did it go, though, from you, as you said, making stuff up to a feeling as though it was informed by a deeper knowledge? Well, this is the thing. I was always intuitive, even as a child. I would stop my family and I would tell them, oh, so-and-so is coming over. Or before the phone would ring, I'd be like, somebody's about to call and it would be that person. Or I had a dream and, and this is what happened and it would happen. They already knew me to be kind of like the black sheep. She's into different things. And gladly enough, they welcomed that. They fostered that. They supported that. But like I said, it wasn't really until I was more mature in high school to really realize, whoa, this is having an impact. It's making my friends cry. Or there's something that I couldn't have possibly known that happened in her childhood that's now coming out of my mouth. And because I've always been interested in the occult, in things like Walter Mercado, Miss Cleo, Fortunes and Forecasts and Gitana and Gitana culture and Gitana music and all of that stuff. It didn't even seem like it was something foreign to me, but it was in that moment that I realized I definitely have something here that I can't ignore. I didn't think I was going to make it into a business like I'm doing now, but it definitely was an eye-awakening moment that like, oh, the stuff that I was seeing in pop culture, there's some validity to it. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swathers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swathers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blowout barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Pampers Swathers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. 
Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th. At 6.30 p.m., we're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. Part of what's so interesting to me about your story, you know, we had on Zulema Arroyo Farley. She's a medium. Kiara Alegria Hughes, her mom was a Santera. And ordinarily, there is an element of secrecy that surrounds having some connection to the divine. But it really wasn't that way with you, right? It wasn't a secret that you kept from your family. When you brought this to their attention, there wasn't a big freak out. In fact, you come to learn that there are other people in your family who have these gifts. What's interesting, there is an element of secrecy. So I'm Black and I'm Puerto Rican. My mom is African-American and my dad is Puerto Rican. And I was raised with the Puerto Rican side of my family. So as I got older and started doing more ancestral research and really started to dive into my roots and lineage and hang out with my family on my mom's side, there is a huge component of secrecy that they were all raised with all of this, almost in a very cult-like setting. And they were not exposed to it in a positive way. It wasn't mystical woo-woo. It was almost very dark the way it was being used by the women in my lineage. And so around them, they can recognize that I have the gift, but we wouldn't talk about this amongst your grandma because she would freak out, even though she was like the pioneer of doing it in the family. They're all fundamentalist Christians for the most part. So it's very taboo to even talk about this. It brings up a lot of discomfort because of the way it was used and the repercussions of that in the family. But amongst the Puerto Ricanos, no, I mean, my grandma grew up with readers and stuff like she's also Christian. She wouldn't do it herself, but I, I, I'm really grateful to have a very supporting family that was like, as long as you're doing it with integrity, as long as you're doing it for the goodness of other people and you have a good heart, and we know we raised you to be a good person, then we're not concerned that you're getting into all of this. But it was really my dad who had a very open-minded approach about everything. He's not religious, so he was very spiritual and, and dived into very different methods of spirituality. And he was the one that kind of encouraged me to kind of find your own path and get into whatever calls you. He's a medium. He sees, you know, spirits like you're seeing a person right in the flesh. And so I think part of that really helped him raise me in a very non-judgmental, non-criticizing way. For someone who has never had their cards read, can you explain how a tarot card reading works? Yes. So there are two ways. And this is all contingent on the reader because every reader has their own technique and way of servicing the client. 
I facilitate a space of ease. I like to open up the space. If the client is sitting in front of me, we engage in light conversation chat. What's your intention for getting a reading? What I normally do is I start with a light libations of water. So I'm paying homage to that person's ancestors and muertos, you know, their dead guides and mine too. And I'm kind of calling forth those guides to come through and also letting them know we want the highest of information. It's me. I'm about to tap into your daughter, or your son come through. And then I do another prayer with my cards. And then I ask the client, okay, what's your intention? Do you have a specific question, a concern you want to look into, or you just want to see what shows up? Sometimes they want to be surprised. They just want to hear what spirit has to tell them. And sometimes they're really coming forth for a purpose. So they want to know right then and there what's going on. I just kind of start pulling the cards. I shuffle and sometimes spirit will tell me you need to pass on the cards. Sometimes they don't, right? It's kind of like spirit led in the moment. Very intuitive. Shuffle, read, let them know the information that's going on. And then we break it down card by card. I like to explain card by card any intuitive messages that I'm getting. And so I'm leading them. It's almost like I'm taking their hand and I'm guiding them so that they can see what I am seeing, so that they're not lost, so the pieces fit together. It's essentially their own story playing out in the form of illustrations. And then we add on to that. Do you have any questions with this? Do you want elaborations? Does this resonate with you is a big one. A lot of my readings, I find that clients, they will make sense of it in the present moment, but it won't be until maybe a year or two later that they're like, wow, this actually played out and in a major way that I'm still listening to that reading three years later and it's still giving me value and information. Since there's no such thing as time, particularly with my spirits, I just let them know what I see. Sometimes people have something in mind that they don't know how to articulate. And so I'll help them formulate that question. But it's a really, really intimate moment. One of my producers got tarot cards for Christmas. It's like total novice, isn't always doing it. But, but he is like, I kept trying to pull your cards. He's like, and he's like, there's only one card that kept coming up again and again. It was the hangman. The essence of the hangman, if you actually look at the symbolism and the iconography, it's a person hanging upside down from the tree, but they only have one leg attached whereas the rest of their body is pretty liberated and they're just in limbo land. So we can take this to see it as someone who is willingly holding themselves up, someone who is willingly not letting go. <laughs> you know, there is some resistance here. And so the essence of that card is you need to let go of something. There is something that you must release. And in order for you to release that, you must adapt a different perspective. Another attribute of the hangman could mean patience. You need time in order to acclimate to this new perspective, new lifestyle, or these changes that are going to happen. But you can't resist forever. And what's interesting is that the hangman generally has some sort of a halo around their head as they're hanging upside down. So this is very symbolic of the higher self, the more expanded sense of consciousness, your wiser self, your godlike self. So in some way, this person knows what they need to be doing 
but they're resisting that very action, right? And it could be that their spirit guides are like, how many times are you going to ask this freaking question? How many times are you going to go to us when you already know what it is that you need to be doing? You need to let go and go ahead and do your homework. I mean, it's clearly for me that I have to let go of some ego, which is why every time he got the card, I was like, next, next, <laughs> like not ready. <laughs> Tatiana, it strikes me that among your many titles is entrepreneur. What was the first step in building this, which, you know, you started when you were very young, you did not go into it as a business. How did you begin to build it? as a business? My dad is an entrepreneur and an artist. So I grew up seeing him as an actor, entrepreneur, businessman, many modalities and varieties of that, many avatars of that, literally just alongside of him doing business and learning that in that way. I incorporated a lot of that business model in my dance career as a solo artist and a teacher. And I was doing tarot along the side. So it inevitably turned into side gigs in college to then Tatiana now is dancing professionally for several companies and pretty big name events and stuff. And so I have an agent and now the agent knows I'm doing tarot readings. Let me book Tatiana for a private party here or Tribeca Film Festival, or that. And so it started not like the intention to do business in tarot, but them knowing like, if you're a jack of all trades and we need you, we know you're a reliable worker, we're going to pull you and hire you for this party. That's when it started. I was talking to my dad about this. He was actually the one that also encouraged me to start dancing professionally. Now, this was just at the point where we're starting to get social media popping, like Instagram had just started, Twitter had just started, YouTube was just starting to be a thing. And so he was like, you need to kind of take what you're doing now because we don't know the longevity of your dance career. And you've always expressed that you want to do something that is sustainable. You know that you're picking this up. You need to have some sort of an online presence and have people come to this website that can book for you. So I looked at that as my business model, took a lot of the wisdom that he's applied into his business and what he's taught me. He runs a dog sitting, dog rehabilitation business, the Hyper Pup. And so he has a podcast, he does YouTubes, he you know is on social media, Facebook, Instagram, blogs. So taking this model and applying it and also taking the inspiration from Ms. Cleo, Huerta Mercado. People who I didn't get to see like a full representation of an Afro-Latina, like doing this stuff in spirituality. And so that's what really kind of catapulted me to start doing this consistent content of daily taroscopes is, okay, I'm seeing all these horoscopes, but I don't see anybody doing anything with tarot that is of my color or is of Black descent or anything, right? And so with consistency over the years, that kind of built up and and became its own thing. I I wasn't really looking to make this into a full-fledged business, just something that can help sustain me during the off seasons where I wasn't getting hired as much with dancing. I transitioned out of dance and really just kind of drove in. Let's make this tarot thing into a thing. Now that I see that, you know, you can do this with social media, you can, this is a thing. Now you have all these spiritualists online. 
how can I now serve my market in a way that's integrity driven, but still it's a sustainable model that I can take care of myself and my future and what have you and and create a legacy out of it. And so my dad really was like the catapult to that. You now focus on clarity and personal development through traditional healing modalities. What made you realize that you could apply these healing skills and use them in the world of personal development? My own experience. I don't teach or promote anything that I haven't personally used and hasn't changed my life, whether it's from the Akashic Records to any guided meditations, energy clearing, espiritismo, limpias, tarot, ifa. All of it is literally what you're seeing are things that have gotten me to this point in my life and have if I have been out of alignment, has brought me back into alignment. If I have been struggling with inner child work, past life healing, things with my parents, working with my ancestors when I didn't grow up with that side of my family, learning, you know, how to communicate with the dead, learning how to develop your intuition, learning how to sharpen your divination skills. All of these things are like a toolkit of what I've had to personally figure out because it wasn't out there. Nobody was really talking about this stuff 10 years ago. A lot of it was just astrology based, if that, or like yoga wellness, you know, very just a different kind of spirituality that I couldn't relate to. And so I really, really pride myself on servicing my community using the very things that I know I have been proven and tested in my own life and in the lives of my clients. I think there are a lot of people who seek out this type of help initially because they have like a bad boyfriend or girlfriend. Like I feel like that is a very common entry point. It is interesting to me to take all of this and apply it to one's ambition, to one's career, to one's businesses. It's like that is to me already an elevation of the art. You could apply it to anything because let's think, hypothetically speaking, you want to elevate your business and you're stuck and you're not making as much money as you like, or you just don't see yourself propelling. Well, that can break into a lot of things. Let's say there's something subconsciously that deals with a poverty blockage that you were raised on. And you're not going to know that unless you do some deep, deep searching, some meditations and and knowing, okay, did you grow up uh, being shamed about having a lot of money or is it like money doesn't grow on trees or you feel like you are the caretaker of your family. So whenever you do make money, it just falls out of your hands. Things of the sort, like where is this karma coming from where you're always attracting the same person? Is this something that your parents also had or your grandparents have also had? Or is it more like spiritual in the sense of your spirit guides? You know, you have a particular spirit guide that doesn't like X, Y, and Z, and you need to know them and you need to appease them in order to have this sort of effect in your life. And there's so many ways that we can go about this. It all really goes back to like your ancestry, your ancestor court, your spirit guides, and what's going on subconsciously and what you've picked up and what you've been accepting as truth since childhood and how that molds and affects your decisions and your thoughts in a way that you're completely oblivious to. I love that idea of an ancestor's court. I'm be thinking about that all day. A lot of what you've been sharing on Instagram these days are your meditations. Where do those fit into your practice? 
the meditations were my way of learning the cards, so to speak. I never took a course. I never really read a book about tarot. It was just like, boom, the girl is kind of going about her gut and she's reading people. Tarot meditations were a way for me to further develop my definition of the cards and provide some sort of a general energy forecast for whoever would resonate with it, like a horoscope, but something much more universally approachable. And also help people see that you can come from various different walks of life and it could still resonate with you in different ways. So someone who's a Christian or someone who's a Muslim or someone who's into ATRs or someone who's a single parent can all find meaning in the Queen of Swords for that day that it was posted and apply it to their life differently so they could see the multifacets of tarot and know that this is a universal tool that you can use despite your denomination and you can still use it as a healing modality for yourself, a tool of exploration and empowerment. How do you balance putting content out for free? I mean, you give us all a lot as your followers. You give us a lot of access to yourself. You give us a lot of things for free. How then do you balance that with the reality that this is your business and this is a skill set that you have honed? in order to be compensated for your time? So it, certain content, which is the Oracle meditations, the tarot meditations and the monthly tarot scopes are like breathing underwater at this point. I've done it for about 10 years. So it's almost part of my morning ritual, whether or not I get to do it the day before or content in advance, it's done. It's boom, 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 boom. Like I don't sit and think about it. I, I pull the card with intention and it's a done deal. Now, what it ties into is if people resonate with the work and they like it and they feel like it's impacted them in some way, they resonate with it and they feel like it's impacted them in some way, they can go ahead and book a more personal session. I also have a lot of boundaries on that. I'm a single mom. I'm scaling my business. I'm working with brands now. And so I'm being pushed and pulled in so many directions. I'm creating several courses so that people can learn how to read themselves. They don't have to be codependent on a reader. It's all about, for me, does this provide value? I want to teach you what I'm implementing in my own life. In many ways, people can learn tarot just by studying my page. They're interested, but what books did you read? Or when are you teaching a class? But if you're really savvy and you're really resourceful, start taking pictures of all the tarot meditations, write them down, take notes, look at my videos and how I'm reading, study my prayers, study the way that I do things. You know, it's like, it's no different from how I taught myself how to scale my business. And if it resonates, you can book with me through these modalities and these ways. I have the tools so that you can best help yourself or, or not. It is just so clear that you are in control of all of this and you have a vision for it. I just want to spend more time with you. So I'm going to go book my session <laughs> for after this. So we can do this all again. We will not be recording and sharing that one. Um, so much for your time today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on this platform. It was a delight. <laughs> it was a treat. 
Thank you for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lentico Williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our senior producer. Our lead producer is Cedric Wilson. Kojin Tashiro is our associate sound designer. Manuel Bedoya is our social media editor and ad ops lead. We love hearing from you when you email us at hola at latinatolatina.com, when you slide into our DMs on Instagram, when you tweet at us at Latina to Latina. Remember to subscribe, follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And please, I know I ask this all the time, but do leave a review. It is one of the fastest, easiest ways to help us grow. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.